0: Welcome. We're glad you're here, and uh, my name is Brandon, the pastor, and we're uh, we are just a few days away from Christmas. Hopefully, you know that, <laughs> and you are uh, ready, or at least like have plans to get ready for it, because it's it's coming quick. and And uh, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about Christmas today. And I want to um, uh, every year we take up what uh, something we call the Christmas gift, and and we do uh, a, just a, a special offering collection that we uh, that we partner with two organizations one local one global and this year we are partnering with uh, with two organizations again and and what's awesome about this uh, this thing that we do every year is that all of it, 100% of it goes out. Like we don't, this isn't like, you know, we, we cut 10% off to, you know, overhead. No, no, no. Every dollar given goes out to these, uh, to these organizations. And, and this year we're partnering with every child to do something that I think is pretty cool and, and, um, and is honestly, I, I think it's harder than maybe I expected or thought it would be. And we're partnering and helping out on the uh, Warm Springs Reservation uh, especially, specifically with, um, with their child welfare, welfare office. And, and so uh, we, um, we, we said, we're gonna partner and tackle this project and, and, uh, and help with their intake office. So um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Melissa um, come, Williams come share with Every Child. And she told us a little bit about kind of the struggles on, on uh, with Warm Springs, um, some details about the project. So when you go to their child wealth, uh, welfare office, I didn't even know this until just started talking when hearing from them, they actually have a temporary housing for kids that stay there. It's not just like a come in and go, it's like, a, a shelter, really, for I think they say they average anywhere from five to sometimes twenty kids who uh, who are in, now in the foster care maybe there 's a crisis or there's uh, they're, uh they have to go somewhere, and this is where they go and and warm springs, if maybe you realize this or not it 's kind of its own little entity it 's not i mean it's it 's in oregon but it 's its own it 's its own thing, and so it has its own even uh, even with the foster system it 's got its own thing and so Uh, these kids go and and are uh, taken in and uh and this place you know even just hearing about it like they don't have very much security uh it's just sort of like anyone who comes in just like there you are you're in the office and the kids are in the back room and and so we're saying like well how can we help they said we really need we really need to be able to say like there's a barrier between any anyone who comes in and our kids like there's we, we have to have so we said well let's do it and and um Uh, How else can we help? Well, our organization, our rooms are not the greatest. All the donations we get are just kind of on the floor, just around because we don't really have space or a system. All right, well, let's... Let's literally build you, let's build you an organization system in closets. Like, well, what about the kids? So you have, what, other, what other needs do you have? Well, we have these really old desks and our conference room is beat up. And we're like, okay, great. Let's just, let's just give you as much love as we can so that you, you can say like, n- not only are we doing this work, but like we're proud. And we, have, we, feel, like, we feel like someone notices what we're doing. And though we don't live on Warm Springs, you or I, I'm, at least I'm guessing, um, we can certainly, we can certainly say we love you guys. We love and we care about what you're doing. And so we're partnering with them. We say, we wanna raise $25,000 um, to do all of this remodel, renovation, upgrades, all of this. And, and we'll, we'll, as far as that money goes, we'll just keep upgrading and giving as much love as we can to that office, which is exciting. And then, and then um, we, uh, we decided also to partner with uh, with uh, Path International it used to be Otenowa, but now they're kind of uh, expanding, and now is a global organization. and, and I, she came and shared. Um, la, Krista came and shared last week, and, and shared how Otenowa is a very specific language, and as soon as you cross a border, it doesn't mean what it what we. Wanted to mean, and so they came up with. We we have to we have to think larger than this, and so they are now Path International. and, and, and what what I thought was awesome, what they came and approached us with, and and uh, and, and like in the initial talks of like what could this look like, um, they said that when the pandemic hit, they closed down almost everything, almost everything they were doing, except for one one area. And in fact, they didn't just like close it down. They shifted their vision and mission into this one area. And this one area, this is so awesome. You, you, should be, you should be proud of yourselves. If you're not, I'm proud for you. This one area was the thing that we raised money for four years ago to start this branch, this wing of their ministry that they've never done before, this community-based care. And they said, let's just pilot this thing. When they, when they did this, it ended up being the only thing that they could continue to do. It was almost like in the pandemic, what we started as like, hey, let's just see what happens, became the lifeline. And so now they said, not only is this going well in Uganda, we wanna expand this into Ethiopia. We wanna continue what we're doing. And so we said, great, like... It went so well the first time, let's just continue to do this. So they want to expand it to, um, to 60 children in Ethiopia. We said, we, can, we wanna commit to half, at least half. And, and they said, it's $1,000 for the year to, to fund and to house and to feed and to educate a child, an orphan who's given to them. One year, which is $1,000. Now, listen, you guys have kids? That is a deal, right? <laughs> A thousand dollars. Sign me up. That's all it costs. Um, so we're saying, like, we wanna we wanna support thirty, at least thirty children. If we give over our donation, all again, all the money goes to them. So it just goes to more kids and more kids and more kids. If we get forty thousand, great. We can we can help cover the tuition for forty. Can we just keep going? So our total goal is then, if you do the quick math, you have to carry the. There's no ones, but the goal. Then is fifty-five thousand dollars. We're saying, all right, let's raise as a as a church, New Hope Church, fifty-five thousand dollars to say, let's just give it to these two organizations. As of this morning, this is so cool. As of this morning, we're just over twenty-six thousand. So, we're uh, what is that? Just under halfway. Just under halfway. Isn't that awesome? And that's we can celebrate. That's great. So, if you would. If you would like to give, you can do this uh, online, in person. Uh, just make sure that it's marked uh, Christmas gift somehow. Online, there's a little drop down. In, uh, in if you write on your check, write Christmas gift. Uh, we have envelopes, and it, uh, you just write Christmas gift, or they'll say Christmas gift. I think they might even be in the chairs in front of you. Are they? Yes. Nailed it. Good. I didn't know. I. I I thought they were. Okay, so if you, um, uh, if you would like to give, you can just pull one of those out. Anything that goes in there goes right to this gift. Uh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see um, how this, uh, how this changes lives. We, um, every year we do this, we're like, you know what, like, especially with Africa, listen, if we're honest, um, Little Old New Hope is not gonna like, we're not gonna help save every kid in Africa, right? We're not gonna help fund, it's just, it's just the, the, the need is so great, but, We could do it for 30 right we could we could we could say you know what we can't change every single life on a continent but we can change 30 we can change 30 lives on that continent we can give them a new life and a hope and so um we're we're uh we're we're doing it and uh and i'm excited to see um how how uh, another year of the christmas gift continues to bless and change lives so uh, thanks for being a part of this church. Thanks for giving towards this. Thanks for thinking uh, you know, beyond just your little world. And right now, it's really easy in Christmas time to think like gifts and meals and, and like family and like all the stuff and decorations. Um, and and it, it, takes a, it takes a moment and it takes being intentional to say, hold on, let me just think beyond like our little world. Like how can we help change people that we, we will never ever meet? but we can still have an impact in their lives. And so uh, if you partner with this, uh, you are doing just that. So thank you so much. Um, this, this week is Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve services. So we have our, uh, our Christmas Eve and Christmas Adam services. Um, that is uh, the December 23rd. That's our Christmas Adam, right? And I, I never get tired of this joke because Adam comes before Eve. And, and if you, listen, here's the deal. If you keep laughing at it, I'm gonna keep saying it, Okay. <laughs> So our Christmas Adam service is December 23rd at 5.30. If you wanna like go do the Christmas Eve service, but then Christmas Eve, you got family and meals and all the stuff and busyness and you wanna free that day up, that is a great, a great, great day. They're all, the services are the same. So you're not feeling like, oh, I'm missing out. No, no, no it's all the same. And then Christmas Eve um, uh, is at 2.34 uh, and 5.30. Um, it fills up. Here's the deal. I don't know if we've mentioned this before. So I'm telling you now, and this is, this is your homework. Um, we're asking that you register for the services. And the reason isn't because like, we are like track you and we don't, we, we don't want to, it's not like we're like trying to follow you and like, you know, like Facebook stalk you. Although i you know, maybe I've been known to Facebook stalk a few of you and, uh, and I'm, I'm very disappointed actually, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's because we want to know like how many people are coming to each service and, and how many chairs do we need and like how much of our supplies and we want to make sure that like not like, you know, we don't have like a thousand at one service and like, you know, 12 at the other. So uh, we're asking that you find your service, register for it, register for every single person coming, um, kids included, uh, if they're gonna be in the room. Uh, we have, uh, I know we have the, the kids care for, um, for the littles. Uh, I think it's five and under. Uh, don't quote me on that, it's on the website. So you can go uh, register or you can even scan the QR code in front of you and do that. Okay, how many of you are coming Christmas Eve? Yeah, 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 okay, good, okay, good. Uh, how many of you are bringing someone or at least inviting someone? Woo, woo! Good, 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 good. Okay, uh, I'm excited for that. It's gonna be a blast. Uh, so make sure you register. Christmas every year, uh, we are, you, you're probably in this mode right now. Uh, it's Christmas gift time. You guys, are you finished, by the way? Did you finish the gifts? Will you clap if you're like, I'm done, I'm done. All right, if you're not done, can you just hang your head just like, oh. Why'd you bring it up right like you're even now you're like, oh man, I got to figure this out, like Amazon, the two day shipping, we're getting close to that deadline. It's probably not maybe it'll work, supply chains and all the craziness, and so you you'll figure it out at some point, right? you have to, right, or just you know rewrap last year's gift. They probably won't know anyways. <laughs> every year, every year, Christmas is so fun, and primarily, primarily because of. The gifts. If you have kids, like that's what Christmas means. Christmas means presents. Like it means fun and family and Christmas tree and decorations, but what it really comes down to is Christmas morning, right? Going down, seeing the gifts, opening the presents, playing with them, and then putting them in the closet for a year, right? That's Christmas. I, I remember uh, growing up, my, um, the, uh, the Christmas gift that I got that was like a shock. I think I may have shared this before, but I, even now I, I think it's, it's such a good, like fond memories. I remember, uh, I remember waking up Christmas morning and opening the original Nintendo system. You remember this? The, the NES, not the super NES. That was like, that was way above our expertise or, you know, budget. <laughs> but the original Nintendo, which I guess is pr- it's probably worth a lot of money now if, if I had it. And I remember getting this and being like, this is incredible. Do you guys, anybody have the original Nintendo? Do you remember the original Nintendo? And and, and, you, and, you're, like, and you're like riding dirt bikes and it's like, look at the graphics on this. It, it, it'll never get better than this, <laughs> right? And you're like, I can hunt ducks. And like, this is awesome. Like it comes with, with a little like, you know, fake shotgun that, you know, I mean, it, it breaks pretty quickly, but I have it and like, I'm, 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 I'm hunting ducks, you know, at 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 age nine, it's, and I'm and I'm killing them every shot. I'm I'm actually like shocked at how how good of a hunter I am, right? And how realistic this is. And they make noise and then they they fall just like in real life, and then the dog looks at you and is like, "Good job!" Like just like real life. And I remember I remember opening that and then and then um, uh, and then playing with that and having that for years. And that was like, man, it's so awesome. And, and, and the reason, like, I don't know why, I didn't even know why we did gifts, but, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So for us, it was just Christmas. Like you just, that's what you do, right? It's Merry Christmas. Here's a gift, right? It's what you do. And I had no idea. I didn't realize that it was actually based on what we see in the original, like the first Christmas experience, it included gifts, and these weren't just like like gifts that you give to like people now like these were special gifts these this original christmas had had three gifts and but they served a different purpose and and what we're talking about today is we talk about like specifically like getting closer to christmas we're talking about praising jesus and 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 so we're going to discuss that this morning and and The temptation is for us, especially if you've been in church for a while, the temptation is to say, okay, praising Jesus, sure. Okay, what else? What's next, right? Worship Jesus. Yeah, we're supposed to, right? It's church. The temptation is to then say, okay, check, I've done that. But listen, the reason we do this, I'm telling you, is gonna surprise you. And and the lesson that we get out of this first, one of the lessons that we get out of this first Christmas, it will surprise you. And it is for, it, trust me, it is for, you have to know this. So we're looking at Matthew chapter two and, and this is the experience of, uh, of, of the story of, um, of the first gifts given that first Christmas. In Matthew chapter two, it starts like this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem. And they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to, and this word's important here, and have come to worship him. Now, a a very popular Christmas song tells us that these were three kings, but they were not. Uh, Whenever you hear that song, I mean, sing it, enjoy it, and then just say, you know, whoever's in the car or by yourself, factually, this is incorrect. They were not three kings. These magi were actually like magi. The word magi is short for you ready for this magician. These were magicians and and astrologers, not astronomers. Astrologers like zodiac signs and looking at the stars and trying to to tell a man's fate by by based on the stars. These were were uh, were kind of our version of. Uh, of wise men of science that science for them was trying to interpret things based on what they saw and what they saw every night were stars. They were most likely these magi were from Babylon and Persia, which is modern day um, Iraq and Iran. If you were here during our Daniel series, all of that takes place in this spot, like Babylon. And, and they're probably magi, magicians and scholars and wise men from this area They didn't see this, this star and, and clearly it makes an impact on them. And, and so they decide we're gonna, we're gonna make the travel to find out what this thing is because this is not on any of our maps. We've never seen this before. This is very different. Let's go check it out. They combine. Um, uh, astronomical observation with speculation they played both political and religious roles they were often uh, the guys you would go to to find out like am i going to am i how, how's my fate going to play out so so the actual kings and rulers would approach these magi and say what do the stars tell you about my future or my life or or should i go to battle or not and and so they were very esteemed very important in their culture They decided to make this journey. Probably, it probably maybe lasted up to a year. It was certainly, it would have taken months. They were traveled probably around a thousand miles um, and and not like, maybe, you. I think you know this. There were no cars back then. Did you know that? I think you know that. So so they're traveling probably on camel or donkey by foot. And, And it's not just like three people. You don't travel like they're traveling like through a desert. You don't travel a thousand miles just like with you and your two best buds, like, hey, we'll figure this out. <laughs> you, have, you have an entire community. There's probably 50, maybe even up to a hundred people who say, hey, we're going, we're gonna go the, as a collection of magi, but also like we're bringing our, all of our supplies and our people, if they have servants who are helping them, we're bringing everyone to go make this journey. So this is a large caravan. We know it's large too because, um, because it, makes, it makes such a, a commotion in Jerusalem. We'll see like, like later on in the story, you see that, that all of Jerusalem is stirred up. So like, like these guys, it's not just like three like really well-dressed people with like three different, like you, this is what you usually see, like three different shaped and hats, like different color hats, almost like, um, almost like the fairy godmothers for Cinderella. Like, oh, there's the purple one and the green one and the pink one, red one. I don't remember, but like, like they didn't just show up to Jerusalem like, hey, we're here. An entire caravan of these Easterners who are like very different show up like, what are you guys doing? And they show up and they, here's their question. Hey, where's the new king? What do you mean we have a king? No, no, no. A new one was born. We've come to worship that one. Wait a minute. We have a king. He's not new. And you should be worshiping him. What do you say your names again (laughs) are like... These guys show up and it's not like a, oh, wonderful. Let's just, let's just escort you right to them. Thanks for making the journey. Oh, I see you have some gifts. Hey, wonderful. If you just, you know, just give me a little bit, I'll make sure you have safe passage. That's not what happened. It's not a nice, wonderful story that was like, uh, like uh, well, that ends with good news. That's not the first Christmas. We see that they, they show up because they, they know this. This is important in their, in their worldview and their understanding of the stars. They believed that a man's, listen, this is important, okay? This is important to the story and it probably is gonna change how you even see the Christmas story. They believed that a man's destiny was decided based on, ready for this? Based on the star that they were born under and it wasn't because of this new star that was already a part of what they believed and what they understood to be true so they would calculate based on where you were born okay the closest star is this one okay because you were born under this star that means your life is gonna be xyz that was how they lived that was the advice the wisdom they give so now they see this new star and you can imagine they're like wait a minute whoever's born under that star this is different and they probably search the scriptures and trying to find out like, what's supposed to happen over in Jerusalem? That's where the star is. Like we see it's, it's over in Israel somewhere. Jerusalem is probably the closest we can approximate. Like what's supposed to happen? Let's look at their scriptures. And it turns out there's a Messiah that predicted, right? There's a prophecy about this Messiah coming, this new king. And so they come with their homework done. They've researched, they've spent a lot of time and they see this star and they're okay let's make the journey this is worth finding out this is supposed to be the new king this messiah who's going to be born they figured they figured out what like with like jewish leaders and scholars couldn't and so they show up all right we're here we made it how come you guys aren't all worshiping what's going on you're just acting like it's normal like we're here did you see the star you guys do you know what's going on in your country at all Now, there's much speculation over, in fact, books have been written about this, what was the star and, and, uh, that the Magi saw and maybe it was a supernova, like a, a star exploding or combining with another star. Maybe it was a comet that, that lasted because we see it, it seems to have movement or maybe it's a supernatural light. We, we Honestly, we don't, we, can't, we don't know 100%. We can speculate, but the point isn't like that there was some bright light in the scar that was like magical. The point is this that at the birth of Jesus everyone is invited including these pagan magi from the east who have no history with Israel God says hey I want you guys to know about this I want you to go back home and spread the news too the good news of the birth of Jesus and the gospel isn't just for one group of people or a kind of group of people the point is that this, this great king born into the world is shared with all and open to all and available to anyone. And so they come, and this word is important, the word worship. Um, this word in Greek, and this is a, a, a word that you, it would be great for you to just kind of learn and know. It's called uh, it's, uh, proskaneo is the Greek term, is how you say it. Proskuneo, and it literally means, so like when we say like, oh, worship in Greek, you would say proskoneo. And it, and it literally means to lay prostrate like your face down. So it, like worship in scripture doesn't mean like, you know, all right, let's stand up and let's, let's sing a few songs here. That's singing. Did you know that? That's what that means. In fact, if you go to anyone outside of church, like just culture, just like, hey, what does worship mean? They won't say, oh, that means singing at church. That means idolizing. It means submitting to, right? If you worship someone, it means like you give them adoration and, li- and, and your life and focus and like everything. This word, this Greek word proskuneo, is, isn't like they were like, hey, let's go sing some Christmas carols to this new child, right? We, we already know it's gonna be a silent night. It's gonna be a nice audience, it's gonna be quiet. So let's go sing. That's not at all what they're saying. They're saying, listen, the, where are these wise these, these, these magicians these very important religious and, 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 so, and social economical leaders and, and like listen we're coming to find this king so we can bow down to him this baby where can we literally lay face down in front of. It was a term often used for um, when you would come to um, a, a very important king or what they would maybe even say like a deified king like like they believe that their kings and rulers were were gods and goddesses and so you would come and and this proskoneo literally means that you would lay down and you would kiss the feet or the hem of their garments so you would show up and the way that you worship them was you lay down face first and just kiss the lowest part of them just as a statement. I'm, I'm I'm barely worth your, kissing your feet. That's how important you are. And they come and they say, where can we proskoneo to this baby? Oh, somehow they got it and they understood that they need to come and worship this newborn king. God makes himself available to anyone in the world, regardless of your history or background or nationality or anything, right? This is an open invitation. I, it always drives me nuts when like people will say like, oh man, Christianity is such an exclusive faith. You exclude everyone. And, and my response is, I don't know what version of Christianity you think that is. Mine says, come one, come all. Mine literally is, hey, are you alive? Yes, I'm alive. Then you're in. Welcome. You can be a part of this. Like, there is no exclusion. Well, no, hold on. <sighs> you're gonna have to change some of the things you wear, some of the people you know. No, there's, there's come one, come all. And so even these magi, come one, come all, worship this newborn king. Now, the birth of Jesus isn't just good news and this grand invitation for everyone. The birth of Jesus actually has a much darker side to it. And, and, and listen, this is, you don't find this on the Christmas cards. This is the true, the, the true meaning and essence of Christmas is this. And, and you're probably gonna hear this and struggle with it and be like, really? I don't know. Um, but I promise you, this is true. And as we look at this, like this is just gonna leap out at us. The birth of Jesus, you ready for this? is the single greatest threat to your life. The birth of Jesus, more than coronavirus, more than, you know, shopping on like December 23rd, trying to figure it out, more, more than serious health threats, more than, than economic collapses, more than you losing your job and trying to figure out what you're gonna do in life. Those are all threats, certainly to, to varying degrees, but the greatest threat to your life is Christmas. That's a weird statement to make, right? But I'm standing on a stage, so you know it's true. Now, I really, I joke, but because it, it's not because I'm saying it. We're gonna read this, and, and I promise you, listen, listen. The birth of Jesus, the beginning of the gospel, is the single greatest threat to you. Here's what we see. Starting in verse three, it says this. When King Herod heard of this, he was disturbed. There was no worship in him he was greatly disturbed like literally in his soul in his being this hold on this is a problem this isn't just some group showing up where are we going to worship this king like okay crazies hold on hold on wait this is a problem so he it says this he was greatly disturbed and all Jerusalem with him Jerusalem didn't respond like you know what can we come? We would love to see this new king. Their response is wait a minute. Are you guys coming here to, to cause problems? This is gonna, you're gonna upset everything. We have a good thing going with us and the Romans. We, we like, we, we, we have this sort of like this agreed upon peace that we just will just be cordial to each other and you guys show up and you're talking about a new king. Wait a minute. This is a problem. And all of Jerusalem. Is disturbed with him. So it goes on, and it says this: King Herod, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah is to, was to be born. So Herod, this this Roman ruler, says, "All right, you guys, I need to know what they're talking about. Give me like, give me your give me your best priests, like the pastors of the day, like who who's going to know the answer to this question? You come." I, I need to know, I gather them all, bring them to me so I can find out what these guys are talking about. So naturally, easily, they replied in Bethlehem, in Judea. All right, we have a location. We, listen, ready? We have a location of this new threat. It's not Israel, it's not Jerusalem. It's this tiny little city inside Israel, Bethlehem. It's just this little, little, like a uh, shepherd's village. Like, it's not, nothing big. I mean, David's from there, but other than that, like, it's not some great grand city at all. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet was written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they quote scripture to him. Here's the proof. According to the scriptures, here's what's supposed to happen. So Herod says, okay, thank you guys, you're dismissed. And he put together a plan. Then Herod called the Magi secretly. He didn't want to do this publicly, right? Hey guys, I'm really interested in what you have to say. Can we set up a meeting? Come on by. He called the the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. So so you, you... if, if you're reading this with a keen eye and, and, and you're reading this as, as a, a threatened ruler, a leader in Rome, like he's looking at this saying, this is a threat. Okay, I need to know this. I need to know a few things. I need to know a location. I need to know a time. How am I gonna find those? How am I gonna find out when and where this new king is gonna be? So I'm just gonna ask around, right? And, and, he, and he does so, Um, under the guise of, hey, I'm a good guy too. Just tell me, you can trust me. So he calls them together, find out the exact time. And then it says this, he sent them to Bethlehem. All right, you guys go ahead. And he said this, go and search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and prosconeo him. Hey, listen, I'm gonna bow before him too. Can you just let me know where he's at? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, great, wonderful. Herod is a cunning man. Herod had been governor uh, for a number of years um, before he had received the title of the king of the area. Um, He was in power for four decades. He became known as Herod the Great. Uh, If you go to Israel today, which, you know, it's getting harder to try and get over there. But one day, one day it'll be open again and we all can take a trip. But if you go to Israel today, you will see 2,000 years later, a lot of the the building projects that Herod did. I mean, they're incredible. They're impressive. This man was a builder. That was his legacy. And everywhere you go, it's like, oh yeah, that was built by Herod. That was built by Herod. That was built by Herod. Oh yeah, and and the temple, guess who? Yep, Herod had a hand in, uh, yeah, he... He was, he really was Herod the Great. Not because he was like a great guy. Like, like if you, like if people describe you as like, like for me, like, like people will often come up on the street and be like, hey, Brandon the Great, you're so awesome. <laughs> you know, hey, thank you. I, I really, it's too much. It's too much. But like, like it's not like, oh, Herod, you're so great. You're so wonderful. It's a name he gave himself. Hey, I'm Herod and I'm gonna be great. And if you don't believe me, I'll kill you oh yeah, you're, you are so great. Make sure everyone write down, he is great. Here's what we see. He was also extremely paranoid against threats, against him and his kingdom, him and his lineage, him and his throne. In his older years, he became known as a murderous, this is how he's described, a murderous old man. I mean, you wouldn't say that to his face because you wouldn't live long to say it, but he was, he was that kind of guy. In fact, um, this is the darker side of Herod and the the Christmas story. Um, Herod was known to have murdered his wife, his mother, his oldest son, and two other sons because he thought they were coming for his throne. Imagine this guy so threatened at anything and anyone that even his own family wasn't safe. At one point, it was described and it was said that it was better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. <laughs> now this, you can imagine this was not a good guy and, and now he is realizing that he's threatened by another new king, a baby. And whether he believes it to be a king or not is irrelevant, it's that these other people do. So I have to stop this. The birth of Jesus, the first Christmas was a threat. It was a threat to Herod because it threatened to take away everything that he was. And it it wasn't that he was rich. I mean, he was. That wasn't the threat. It wasn't the title. That wasn't the threat. The threat was that there was ready for this. There's someone greater than me. The threat was there's someone else that is gonna be in charge. The threat was I no longer and the one who gets to call all the shots, there's this new king. Now, a few verses later, we're gonna, he sees that the Magi, try to, he tries to figure out the exact time. And, and a few verses later, it's gonna tell us that when Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And this is what he does. And he gives orders. This is terrible. This is the first Christmas. He gives orders to kill every child in Bethlehem, age two and under. And it says, based on the time that he had heard. So here's what we know. At this time, Jesus is potentially two years old. He's probably one to two years old. And Herod says, all right, every child that age in Bethlehem, I mean, it's gotta be one of them. Just just take them all out. Scholars say there's probably, based on the size of the town, anywhere from 15 to 30 children that would have been that age. And the whole town goes in mourning. as these Roman soldiers come Merry Christmas (laughs) Herod was extremely threatened now listen as much as we say listen I'm not Herod I'm not even close to Herod I can promise you though listen ready at some point in your life either before or maybe now you thought you were in charge of your life you thought you were the authority You thought you were the one who decides your destiny and your future and what happens to you. And and you thought, ready, you thought you were in charge of your life, much like Herod did. I'm in charge here. And now this new king is born and he threatens everything. Not because he's gonna somehow make your life miserable, but because you realize if this is true, if if this newborn baby is the king and it is the Messiah and it's God now on earth and if what the gospel says is what happened then you are, listen you are forced to confront this reality that there's something bigger than you there's something greater than you there's someone who has far more authority and say over your life than even you do and that's a threat whether we like it or not, it is, hold on, someone else is gonna tell me what to do? Hmm, this is America. I get to decide. As long as, as, long as this is, I, I choose what I wanna do. We value freedom and we should. But what we think is, what we, what we understand freedom to be is I'm free to do whatever I want and you can't tell me otherwise. And the, listen, this newborn baby It threatens that very philosophy. This new king shows up and it is a threat to how you and I run our lives that in the end, the threat is this. If this is real, then I'm not in charge. I'm confronted with the reality that I'm not the final authority in my life the birth of this new king threatens to interrupt my life and everything I had going to present me with a dilemma of a choice and this is the threat of the gospel you have a choice either I'm gonna be like these magi and I'm gonna I'm gonna submit and prosconeo and worship and praise and, and lay down before this newborn king or I'm gonna be like Herod and say no how do I just get rid of it? How do I just deny or, or ignore this very threat on my life? I can submit to this true king or I can deny him and deal with the consequences. Hopefully there aren't any. And in, you know people that have made this choice to deny, right? Right? This very threat, at least the, the desire, I'm going to did not deny the desire to submit to this very thing, and this is why. This is why when 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 you think of like saying the name Jesus publicly, like at your workplace or to school, it's the only thing that's threatening. There's a reason why when you bring up Jesus or Christianity or even the word Christmas, it's offensive. It's not offensive because it's meaningless. It's offensive because it's threatening. You threaten to change, to force my hand to change everything and what I believe and how I live based on this baby that was born? No, I don't want to hear his name. Remove it from, from our schools, from our Our constitution, remove it from our 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 buildings, remove it from our public speech, remove it from politics. Let's just separate the church. Let's just give it its own little box. You guys go do your thing. Go meet on Sundays. Go have your powwows, right? Go eat the bread and drink your juice and tell the stories. But don't you dare, don't you dare threaten the rest of our lives with this gospel. Oh. Was the birth of Jesus the threat? Oh 2,000 years later, it seems to still be, isn't it? And Jesus threatens to change lives. So Jesus, the birth of Jesus is the single greatest threat to all of our lives because if it's true and if he is who he is, it means I have to make some change. I have to confront this dilemma. The only acceptable response then not the only response, but the only acceptable response to the threat of Jesus is to worship Jesus, to proskuneo, to say, I'm gonna bow down. The point of Christmas is not presents, though they're nice. It's not family, though it's nice. It's not meals, though it's nice. The point of Christmas is to worship proskuneo, this new savior, this newborn king, Jesus. It says this, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, the magi, and the star they had, been, you know, they had seen rose. When it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Can you imagine this? Like, it's, I mean, this was like the first GPS ever, right? <laughs> and it stops over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, it says they were overjoyed. Literally, the Greek means like exceedingly overwhelmed with joy. On coming to the house, you can imagine with trepidation, Jesus is, he's, by the way, he's not in a stable or a manger, right? I mean, our nativities, they're cute. They're wrong. They come to a house. And it says, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. He's probably one to two years old now right based on the timeline he's not an infant he's a toddler running around walking probably hiding behind mom and it says and they bowed down these these men of stature and wealth and wisdom and these men of means these men who have traveled for maybe a year thousands of miles who have sacrificed at great exp- personal expense to come worship this this king they see this this little toddler and they proscaneo. they didn't start singing they literally got down on their face in front of him whoa wait a minute imagine you're mary right you have this child and you're like oh it's it's jesus and of course, he does nothing wrong, right? Ever. Like, he's never in trouble. If anything, like, he grounds us. <laughs> <laughs> but here come these, this great caravan of people, right? And they can't all make it in the house. Some do. There's probably surrounding the house and they all lay down on their face in front of them. Whoa, this is different. This is is spef- special and these guys bring gifts right it says this they bowed down and they proskonaed him then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of we know this gold and frankincense and myrrh and they spend time with him and then it says and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod they return to their country by another route They realized Herod was up to no good and in a dream of some kind, we're not told the details, but God speaks to them through a dream. Don't go back to Herod, just go back a different way because this is not a good guy. He is threatened and he doesn't wanna come worship the child. He wants to remove the child. So these magi present these gifts of the first is gold gold. We know what gold is. It's admired for its beauty, for its wealth. It's right. It's it's probably the most like the most associated with money and wealth and power. And if things are made out of gold, it's oh, is that is that gold? Wow, gold! Right, very, very expensive. The second is frankincense, and this is a. Um, this is an incense that's mentioned actually a hundred times in the Old Testament. It's not like just the, like the Magi brought this like weird stuff, frankincense, um, but, but it, it was a common spice and it was often used for priests as a sweet perfume in the temple for offerings. And all of these mean something, right? Jesus is all right. He too is going to be a priest. And, and this is a very priestly gift. It's not just something, you know, you put in your essential oil drops, Right? And then the third is myrrh, and this was actually used for burials. This was like a, a spice for, uh, for um, the, uh, the burying process to, you know, uh, back then their burials were different than ours and you didn't like bury a body, maybe you put them in a tomb and, and we see that in the scriptures and there was often a smell associated with death. And so this was to help alleviate that smell. And they come and they they don't know what this means, probably. They don't know that this baby's one day gonna die, but they bring a gift as a foreshadowing that, that this is a king, but he's not gonna go the traditional route you think of. We see that the only acceptable response to the threat of Jesus is to worship Jesus. So how can you and I worship him? Do we bring him gold or frankincense if you can find any or myrrh whatever that looks like <laughs> no right is there anything you go you go on Amazon like alright Jesus it'll be here in two days I, I, but I'll have it ready I'll, I'll, I'll even have them wrap it I'll pay extra no of course not there's really only one thing there's one way that we prosconeo Jesus and here it is ready you give your life to him that's it you say, I, I submit. Listen, I, I'm presented with this choice and either I submit or I resist or deny or fight this threat. And, and you can do that. And, and, and some of us are and, and will continue to do that. People you know will do that and continue to do that. But for you, the greatest threat on your life is how do you respond to the gospel? And, and for you, you can choose to deny and resist or you can say, all right, I too am gonna submit. And, and worship this newborn, this for them a newborn king, for us the risen savior. I will, I choose to proskuneo. And instead of fighting this threat to realize I am not the greatest authority in my life, I submit to the one who is. We're going to worship here in, in a second. I don't want to read one final scripture for us uh, that, that I think sums up really how we respond. Paul writes this in Romans chapter ten. He says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, he says this: you will be saved. What does it take? A bunch of stuff to do? No. Certain number of prayers? To, no. Didn't take any of that. Ready? Here, you confess with your mouth. I, I, I intellectually, I agree. Jesus is. He listen. He is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. He says then, listen, ready? That's all it takes. That's all it takes It's faith. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. The only acceptable response to the threat of Jesus is to worship Jesus, and really the only acceptable way to worship Jesus is to say, I give you everything. All right, I submit to you. Would you do this? Would you stand with me as we, as we worship and, and as we think about even as we get ready for Christmas and just right a few short days from now, we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus and, and, and you have a whole bunch of Christmas stuff going on and we'll be at church for Christmas and Christmas Eve and, and all of that. But listen, don't let all of that get in the way from this incredibly great threat on your life, this threat of a dilemma, of a choice. And all of us get to make our own choice. No one makes it for you, nor, ready? This is the hard one. Nor do you get to make that choice for anyone else. We each get to make our own. So would you bow with me as I pray and challenge you to choose to submit to Jesus. Lord, I pray for all of us, that all of us when confronted with this threat, this dilemma, we all would submit to you. We all would say, I want to proscanado, to lay down before you, to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm, ba- I'm not even worthy to touch your feet or to kiss the hem of your robe, but I will lay down in front of you and give my life to you. I pray that, Lord, every single one of us Right now, you would be putting on, if they haven't done so already, you would be impressing on them to make that decision. If that's you, if you're saying, right now, I want to do that, wonderful. (laughs) There's a lot of us in this room who have made this choice before, and, and there's still some that still have yet, they still need to. And you can do that right now where you are. You can pray just directly to God, something like this God, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin and that he raised back to life to conquer death. And now I commit my life to you. I choose to bow down and worship you. Come into my life and save me. Lord I thank you for those who maybe for the first time made this choice and we celebrate and right now we worship you together this newborn king Jesus name that's worship